and drink. Frederick, Frederick across his body. Great goal, yes! Oh, and a backflip beat! And a full backflip! I missed the backflip! Oh, he's got the side on backflip! Do it, just do it again, I want to see it. Yes, Michael Fredericks backflip after his goal in the Western Derby yesterday. And, of course, uh, he was stealing that move, I think, from former Fremantle midfielder Michael Barlow. Michael Barlow was famous for doing backflips after all his goals, even when he kicked three in his debut game against Adelaide way back in 2010. And Michael Barlow joins us on the show. Mick, how are you going? <laughs> uh, good morning, Duff. Um You've given me an extra goal on debut, so I appreciate that. I think it was only two. Um, but no, I, was, I don't know how you have the energy to, to do a backflip um, after kicking a goal and probably running 12 to 14 Ks at that point in the game. So uh, he's uh, a more uh, physically able and capable human being than me, Michael Frederick. Yes, I think he's a more physically able and capable human being than most of us, Mick, so I wouldn't feel too bad about that. Of course, Michael Barlow played 126 games for the Dockers. He also played in 12 Western Derbies for eight wins, so he was on the winning side of it during his career at Fremantle. Mick, what did you make of the Derby? Well, I was carnage. We'll start with West Coast, and you felt sorry, really, for the West Coast Eagles playing group that was left out there and Adam Simpson and his coaching group with the carnage that was happening before them. And, um, yeah, five injuries. So to, to have the sub activated early and then and the collision injuries just to keep mounting up. And, um, yeah, Liam Ryan kind of battles on manfully and, and then pulls the pin late um, to, to protect him, hopefully, and, and get some good news there that hopefully he doesn't miss a patch of footy, but there was carnage for the Eagles. They hung in there, didn't they? And and they looked like they were going to threaten um, at some stages. I think from Fremantle's point of view, people like walk away from that and say, oh, you know, it's it's an underwhelming performance because West Coast had no one left. But they just needed to get that job done. Um, I think the maturity of their group to kind of fend off the advances of West Coast and, and the momentum that West Coast built and then actually just take control of the game and then and be able to run away with it and win by the margin they did. I think it showed a huge amount of maturity um, because there was no excuses for the West Coast. They were just having a free swing at it. Um, and sometimes that can leave a very, 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 very vulnerable opposition on the other side. And, yeah, Freo showed the maturity to get the result um, in the end. So... The hitouts were massive Fremantle's way, I think 60-odd to about 19. The clearances were 39-35. Now, you were in a midfield that had a dominant ruckman for, for most of your AFL career with Aaron Sandlands. How do you turn a, a dominant ruck performance into a dominant midfield performance, particularly when the opposition decides we're losing the ruck, so we're just going to um, try and pick off their hits or try and d- defend their midfielders at ground level? It becomes a different proposition, doesn't it? It does, absolutely. I think Freo had a, had an underwhelming first two rounds in the midfield, getting getting drummed at a clearance um, across the first two rounds. So, yeah, it, it's easier said than done. People see the hit-out number and think, well, why aren't they um, converting that to clearance and, and clean clearance? The opposition all week um, prepare for a Ruckman that's just going to try his hardest and, and compete. And they've obviously gone in with 
plan B is Jake Waterman, um, who was just not going to compete and try and shark. So oh, I think going forward, it's, it's something that, um, yeah, Freo will put probably a little bit more work into. Okay, when, when Sean's got the absolute dominance around hit out, how do we maximise um, that, ben- uh, that advantage? And I'll probably see opportunity to hit it onto the outside of the contest and, and release wingers on, on the move and get a little bit of variety going. Um, I remember even under Aaron Sandilands' tap, we, we were hesitant a lot of the time to do anything more than really conventional hits. Um, every now and then you'd, 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 throw the, you'd throw the right hook in a boxing um, analogy, like you'd throw the right hook by, by releasing a Stephen Hill or, or, or releasing a Daniel Pierce into space. Um, but you need to use that as, as a bit of variety. You need to get really good at your one woods, your predictable hits, and then add that variety so oppositions are, are really second guessing as to what's coming from the hit. Now, Nathan Fife will return either next week or probably the week after. He's got a plantar fascia issue. Given that they are still struggling a little bit around the midfield, if you were um, Justin Longmuir, would you leave Fife forward or would you have him as a forward but send him into the midfield a little bit to try and get a little bit more muscle in there? Yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a discussion that's going to follow Fremantle um, the entirety of the year. It's, it's just, I think off the top, it's a really hard position to play, the key forward position. And Fifey came in and, and had uh, you know an underwhelming performance from his own point of view in, in round one, but so did the whole team with their inability to we're trying to move the ball inside forward 50 um, with any speed. So yesterday we saw a little bit more speed on the ball, which would uh, be conducive to, to key forward play and getting some separation and and looking a little bit more dangerous in the forward 50 than that. But um, yeah, in answer to your question, I, I do still think there's scope to involve him up around the ball. Um, he is a different player, absolutely, to Jeremy Cameron. But uh, Jeremy Cameron seems to... You know, if he is going through a little bit of a, a patch where he's uninvolved or um, getting checked really closely, he can kind of go up in between the arcs and, and hook around stoppage and, and just get a little bit of a sugar hit up around the ball. So I do see some scope in that to, to probably have that mix as a kind of 85%, 15%, or 80%, 20% um, forward mid. What do you do now if you're West Coast, Michael? You, do you just accept that this is definitely now a rebuild year? I mean, Shuey with his hamstring history, you'd have to think that's four to six weeks. McGovern looked like off the bone or tendon, which means longer. And and Cripps, broken ankle, which means, you know, if it's really bad, yeah. it could be the season. And I think you mentioned five. I think there's concerns about a couple of others as well. I think Campbell, yeah. Campbell Chesser went back out there with the knee strapped, and I think they're worried about it as to what it is. And we'll, yeah. we'll learn more about that as the day goes on. But do you just get some more younger players in there now, or do you do you try and build off the resilience they showed and try and put really strong efforts out there every week with some experience around the youth? Yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys got exposed to footy last year, really, didn't didn't they? Um, with the with the rebuilding year last year, so. Uh, it's they're caught in a rock and a hard place because the guys that, that went down, um, they're there to act as a buffer and kind of act as act as the protectors of these guys that are coming through and and not have to rely too too prominently on um, you know the younger players, the first, second year, third year players that are coming through to actually be the headline act. So um, if you lose three or four players in a match, 
um, Adam Simpson, you know, right at the top of the tree, it'd be okay. We don't, we can't afford to lose Shuey McGovern, Cripps for his grunt work um, on the Cripps injury. Uh, how, how, how tough is he? I think he half walked off, and it's been yeah uh, reported that it's a broken ankle. So it says something about the character and the nature of of him. Um, but the players they've lost, and they're not going to be short term, so they're going to have to go to the well and 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 find it, and probably get a little bit of variety about how they select their side. Like, where, where do they play? Um, where, where do they play chess? You know, he's, he's played pretty much everywhere, hasn't he, already in the first couple of weeks. Yep. Um, they've got to settle those younger players down in position. They're right. There's going to be some teething issues, um, but we're going to go with you at halfback. Um, but let's, let's really give Elijah Hewitt the opportunity around the ball. Yes, he might not be perfect with the ball in hand, but let's expose him to centre bounce and, and, and stoppages around the ground. Um, yeah, so I think there's going to be some pain in the short term and you don't have to probably look any further than next weekend with a Red Hot Demons coming to town to give us an indication, I think, of what may be in store for the West Coast Eagles for the next couple of months. Luke Jackson, an improved performance. He took three marks. He took two really good contested marks, kicked two goals. How did you rate his game? Yeah, I think that's that's his game, isn't it? He's going to be a 10 to 15 possession player. Um Took some marks and and got involved. I think he was in in the first in a bounce, um, and you know, ironically, or, or how how it fell out that his direct opponent got the clearance. So um, I think we've just got to yeah be a little bit more persistent or patient with with what Luke Jackson's going to provide to Freo because I think Freo is still trying to figure out how to best utilise what it is he can do. He's 21 years of age. Um, and if they can get it right with the, the mixture of, of, a, of a running um, half-forward link player with um, some bursts on the ball, yeah, I think that they're going to have a really good player. And the, the price tag's always going to follow him. And will he ever live up to the price tag? You know, it's, it's something that, that uh, I don't want to get involved in. And, um, that, yeah, it's something that's going to follow him and he's going to have to just be able to be resilient enough to to push it to the side and contribute like he did yesterday. If he, if he contributes like that every week in winning sides, um, yeah, Freeman will be smiling. Luke Jackson will be smiling. Um, and, yeah, his, his career will just build. Yeah, absolutely. If that's the baseline performance, that, that's okay, isn't it? If that's a two-goal, 12 disposal, he won nearly 20 hit-outs yeah. and was part of a dominant ruck, you know, and he does give them something at ground level too. He's not your normal big man when the, when the ball hits the ground. He certainly has got good good hunt after the ball when the ball hits the ground. Hey, Andrew Gaff, interested in your thoughts. Adam Simpson has repositioned him. He's sent him back inside and he's made him accountable. And I reckon he's played two of his better games over the last 18 months to two years in the last two weeks. It's, it's almost like he's found a new niche for himself at 30-odd years of age. Yeah, he's been great, hasn't he? Um, that's going to have to be his his go for the next couple of months as well, I think, with, with Shuey. Chewy out and um, a young midfield, so he, he, it's a good opportunity for kind of Don Cheed and Andrew Gaff to to be the leaders within that young midfield brigade. With um, yeah, no dominance in the ruck until you know the, the Nick Nat Nui returns. So I've always seen Andrew Gaff. He, he's been an accumulator and you know, he's not hugely damaging with ball in hand, but he just finds and he can distribute by hand really well. Um, makes really simple decisions with ball in hand. He's not. One of your most conventional, even though he's played 
200 plus games on the wing. <laughs> he's, he's not your most conventional winger with, with ball use, and he he grinds games out. And um, yeah, there, there is an absolute correlation between the way he plays and uh, being translatable to inside mid, and and he can run both ways and react really quickly. Um, so I, I do think it's a, a big plus for Gaff to go inside, A, for the maturity and experience he's got um, with the younger players around him, but also, yeah, the skill set. One more before I... That he, develop, uh, that he has. One more before I let you go. Were you convinced yet watching Fremantle yesterday that they can play fast footy, the go-ahead game that seems to be prevalent um, at the moment, or is that going to be a work in progress for a while, do you think? Yeah. I do think so, yeah, because off the back of personnel and who they've got. So I think it's positioning your personnel in those uh, in those positions to be able to to get the speed on the ball. We saw Swikowski come up to stoppage, which he's done for a while, but he did it with a fair bit of positive effect. Um, he was the player that turned the game or took the game away from West Coast in the last quarter. Uh, Jordan Clark and Nathan Wilson, those type of players off half-back that, that can run and gun, um, I still think they're probably only only just going and, and, and building into their years. But um, yeah, they've got the personality. If you can identify kind of five or six players in your in your side, that okay, if we have a contested situation around the middle of the ground and they're available, to give the ball to. Let's just give it to them and allow the play to unfold. There was there was um, much more of that yesterday. Whereas I think they've been reluctant to do that with anyone and just build the ball a little bit slower, which. It's been a staple of uh, their game style over the last couple of years. But yes, that was a, a step in the right direction with getting some speed on the ball between the arcs. Mick, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Um, always a pleasure to chat to you. And uh, we look forward to more of your thoughts as the season goes on. Good on you, Duff. We'll chat soon. Mick Barlow, 126 games for the Fremantle Dockers, 12 Western Derbies, including eight wins, with his thoughts on yesterday's 41-point win by the Fremantle Dockers over West Coast in that derby. That has cost the Eagles so many players. If you want to share your thoughts with us, the temper at Bedshed text line is the way to go. It is 0487 736 736, or you can call us on the open line, 13 12 55. We'll take a break and be back after the break.